What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn on the Jets Digital Presents Draft Season. We are sitting now, by the time you hear this, six weeks away from the NFL Draft, where the Jets' fortunes could all change. You know, and some of us disagree on what that may look like because some Jet fans want to rebuild until the time that, you know, Kamala Harris's niece can run for president in 2052. But not us. We want playoffs next year or the year after at the very latest. I am your moderator, D.A. Osorio, joined as always by the, the remaining members of the Four Horsemen of Draft Season, James Coons, Joseph Billick, and Michael Megan. Fellas, how are you doing today on this Sunday, March 14th? Doing great, Dalvin. Pumped for talking some wide receivers today. It's going to be awesome. There we go. Meeks, how are you feeling, man? I mean, skill players are my favorite thing, but the Jets don't like having good ones, so I like talking about the ones that are good. That's true, and if they drafted any good ones, we wouldn't have to talk about them trading the farm for better ones from other teams. James, how are you feeling, brother? Doing well. Looking forward to this episode. There we go. And this is Daylight Savings, guys, so if we sound you know, more rested, it's because we you know, we're able to wake up when it's sunny outside as opposed to it being dark as hell like it had been all through fall. Um, you guys know the format, seven rounds of draft talk. This is a wide receiver centric episode because contrary to what Jets Twitter believes, whoever the quarterback is, is going to need some pass catchers not named Jamison Crowder. So we are going to get started right off the bat. The mock draft that we reviewed this week, round one, gave the Jets a wide receiver from Alabama by the name of Jalen Waddle, who has been referred to in many circles as pound for pound, the best wide receiver in this class. And by many circles, I mean circle one of one, as in me, because he is my wide receiver one. I'm going to start with James, because James, you have done extensive work on the wide receivers um, and you have some favorites, but what do you think of if the Jets, and again, I will preface this by saying I hated the scenario because it involved them trading back which means that I have to watch Sam Darnold play quarterback another year. I do not want that. I do not like that. But let's ignore that for a minute. And James, let's focus on the prospect. What do you think of Jalen Waddle? Well, Jalen is a really interesting prospect. What I wrote about him in my little write-up is a deep threat possessing rare acceleration. Waddle projects as a slot receiver only. Waddle is a capable deep threat who has unassuming contested catch ability, but his potential will be fully unleashed when given design touches in open space. From a scheme neutral perspective, Waddle merits a mid late first round pick. So um, I like Waddle a decent bit. I do, you know, I'm a little bit lower on him than you are, DA. Um, I don't think he's the best receiver in the class, but I think he's a really good one. And I think he's in this category of players that includes Rashawn Slater, Christian Darisaw, Lajvir Tucker, uh, Jalen Phillips, who if they fall to 23, you run in the card and you say, thank you, because he is incredibly talented and he would be a bargain at the 23rd overall pick. So overall, I like him a lot. I'm not super optimistic that he's going to make it to us, but if he does, I think we need to take advantage of that and pick him. So before I go to me, let me let me let me give you a player comp. One player comp that I read for Jalen Waddle was Tariq Hill. Do you agree with that? I think it makes more sense um, than comparing Henry Ruggs to Tyreek Hill. I think one of the things about Hill is he has great acceleration. And as I read in my scouting report, I think Waddle has that same acceleration. Um, he also has great contested catch ability. Tyreek Hill has great contested catch ability. I'm just generally wary of comparing receivers to Tyreek Hill because I do think he is a one of one. I think it's very, very difficult. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I think the Terry Kill comparison is also unique in the sense that he has Patrick Mahomes throwing him passes. <laughs> and I think that that tends to make you look a little bit better than you are. Although I will say, Terry Kill, where he was when he was drafted versus where he is now, is a completely different receiver. You mentioned his contested catch ability. He did not have that coming out. Tariq Hill was literally just a burner. I think Jalen Waddle, I like him a lot more than I did Henry Ruggs last year. Meeks, I'll go to you. What did you think of Jalen Waddle for the Jets here? Uh, I love Jalen Waddle. If he gets to 23, I genuinely don't know what I'll do. Um, for me, the thing that I love most about Waddle is like he's so he's the best receiver with the ball in his hands in this draft class in my mind. And how he eliminates angles and just ruins defenders when he's in open space is just incredible. I have him comp to Santana Moss, one of my favorite Jets of all time. And the reason I don't like throwing around the Tyreek comp is there aren't five better route runners in the NFL than Tyreek Hill. And Jalen Waddle does not have that route tree. If he gets that route tree, he's going to be the best receiver in this draft. And I feel very comfortable saying that. And I think he would thrive in this offense. So if there's a world where, if there's a world where Jalen Waddle is a wide receiver and Sam Darnold is our quarterback, I want to live in it. So let me ask, let me ask you a follow up question: Better quarterback to pair with Jalen Waddle, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? I think it, I I do think it's. Justin Fields, because I think he does better getting his, giving his guys yak opportunities, but also Zach Wilson with the deep passes. It is very close. I like that. Joe, let's go to you. Jalen Waddle, who I know you really wanted Najee Harris here. I know that's who you really want. Because <laughs> I can just, I can just pencil him in for your forever round one pick. But what did you think of Jalen Waddle here for the Jets? Well, I'm not considering Najee in the first round, but if he falls to 34, um, it's going to be somebody hard, you know, not to take. Um, as far as Jalen Waddle, I'll never get tired of saying full throttle Waddle. It's just perfect. The boys at the draft network really nailed it when they gave him that title. I mean, this guy's got speed for days. Uh, he'll steal your date while you're still at the Kochak. I mean, he's pretty amazing. Um, and despite his small stature, he can really go up and get it. He's extremely tough. Plus, he's technically sound, a good route runner, an absolute yak machine, just a, a really smart player. And he's a nice fit for this short to intermediate passing game. And with that ridiculous speed, he's a legit deep threat. And one of the most electric players in this draft. I, I love this guy almost as much as UDA, not quite, but there is just so much to like about his potential. He can play both. I kind of disagree with James in this. I feel like he can play both inside and out. And he's not one of these smaller receivers bound to be limited to a predominantly slot role. He can make a living playing uh, out wide in the NFL. If that's how a team chose to use him, he's extremely versatile. Matt Waldman, somebody who I really respect a lot, compared him to a souped up version of T.Y. Hilton. And I actually love that comparison. So for me, uh, he's the best wide receiver in this class, not named Jamar Chase. And if he were to fall to 23, it would be an absolute dream scenario. I mean, this guy was on pace for what, almost 1800 yards before he got hurt. He's a beast. Uh, let me ask you a follow-up question, same as that, James and, and Meeks. One comparison from his former Alabama teammate, Trevon Diggs, who went to Dallas, compared him to Tavon Austin, which I think is flat-out disrespectful because Tavon Austin was not the kind of receiver that Jalen Waddle is at, at West Virginia. And I think you also have to factor in that Geno Smith, and, for, and I know Jet fans like to remember him as Geno with the Jets, but Geno at West Virginia was a video game with Stedman Bailey and Tavon Austin. What do you think of that comp uh, from somebody that knows Waddle really well? I felt it was kind of disrespectful. I think the word disrespectful is uh, pretty much spot on. 
I don't see him like that. I think that I think that Austin is pretty much just a slot receiver. I think that's where he's going to make his money. And he never really panned out either. So comparing him to somebody like that, I feel like, again, is not maybe something I would do. Um, maybe he knows a little bit more about that particular player than I do. But compare, comparing him to Austin, no, definitely not. I, I, love, I love Matt Waldman's comparison. I could really see him being that kind of T.Y. type of player. Yeah, and the T.Y. Hilton comparison, when you said it, James and I both kind of threw our heads back because that's one that, honestly, I did not think of, but I can see it. I, th I think I think one of the underrated parts of, of T.Y. Hilton's game and also Tariq Hill's game now is the ability to make those contested catches down the field and to be an all-around receiver, play inside, play out. I think Waddle brings some of that. Meeks, let's go to you for your Michaels minute. So the guy I wanted to talk about this week was a name that's really popular on Jets Twitter, and that's Kadarius Toney who I call the human joystick because his shiftiness and his agility are just absolutely absurd. And he really broke out this year in Dan Mullen's offense and um, was just had over, I think 1100 yards from scrimmage as a rushing and a receiving threat was a really dynamic duo with Kyle Pitts and really made Kyle Trask look like a draftable quarterback, which is a lot harder than I think people realize. Um, I have some questions about Tony. I'm not as high on him as other people are because Mullen really used him in a gadget role and Dan Mullen's job isn't to get him to be pro ready. And he did a really good job in that role. I'm just curious, can he expand his route tree at the next level to be a wide receiver that can stay on the field and consistently win with his routes? Because once he gets the ball in his hands, it's dynamite. Like that's going to easily translate. But the thing is like no offensive coordinator is going to be scheming up six to eight screens pop passes to a rookie wide receiver like to get on the field you're gonna have to prove that you stay on the field because that's your offense your offense is gonna suck so i'm really curious how Kadarius tony adapts i wouldn't take him as a top 50 pick i think he's gonna be a more set really good secondary piece in the nfl and i really really am curious how he adjusts so i wouldn't for the jets i don't exactly love him but i still think he's a very talented player so let's open this up in round three for Kadarius Tony because he's one that's elicited some good dialogue amongst us in our chat. One player comp for Kadarius Tony, Debo Samuel. Now, I love Debo coming out of South Carolina. I do not see that kind of playmaking from, from Kadarius Tony in the sense of that Debo, and especially especially uh, in pro days, was winning one-on-ones against bigger corners. I don't see that with Tony. James, I'll go to you first before going to Joe. What are your thoughts on Kadarius Tony? Do you like the Debo comparison? Do you disagree with that? Where do you see him? Where do you see him fitting if he is a jet strap pick or somewhere else? Go ahead. Yeah, so I like Tony. Uh, I think he's a very good fit in this offense, actually. Um, you know, recently I actually bought a book on Amazon that has like every 49ers play that's charted from 2019. And so I was reading through it just for fun. And I actually think that the route tree um, from the slot is something that Tony would excel in. My concerns about Tony are more uh, like, it's really threefold. Number one, injury history. He does have an injury history that's kind of concerning. Number two, why did it take somebody who's this immensely talented so long to get on the field consistently? Because he's clearly the most talented person on that team besides Kyle Pitts. So why is he, you know, why did it take this long? Um, and then three, he has like, I don't know. I feel like just reading about him, he seems pretty immature. Um, you know, he was caught with an AR-15 in his like trunk or in his backseat of his car. Then he also pointed an airsoft gun at, at like random people, um, like unprovoked. Uh, so it's like, 
mainly that last thing, that's not somebody who I want to draft. Like, it's not that hard not to point guns at random people and not to get caught with an AR-15 in your car. Um, so overall, like, I think he's a talented player, but I do have a lot of questions. And so I think I'm more aligned with Meigs in terms of the valuation. I think he would be a good person to pick in the mid to late second round. Yeah, and I think I will say the player comp that I have for him is Percy Harvin. Um, he kind of resembles Percy Harvin a lot to me. My worry is that with Percy Harvin, what was ignored when he was coming out of when he was coming out of college was the migraines, right, and the soft tissue injuries when he was coming out of college. With with Tony, I do wonder if because James, you mentioned it wasn't just the AR and pointing the soft gun. It was also like he's got a bludgeoning, uh, a, a blossoming music career that he's very much focused on, right? And as a person that was also 20 and tried to make it in the rap game, I can tell you that that requires a lot of focus. That requires a lot of focus. Um, you know, and he had a tweet because somebody called it out. He was like, yo, listen, man, if you, if you think my music ain't, if you think my music isn't good, just say that. You don't got to make up stories. And I thought that was a great response. Um, but I, I like him as a player with the ball in his hands. He reminds me of Percy Harvin, but the durability is a concern for me. And it's a similar concern that I have for Rondale Moore a bit, right? Like, and, and, you know, we had this conversation this week about, do you ding guys for, for injuries and durability concerns? And, you know, I may not be as harsh a grader as you, James, right. In terms of how you settle on your eval, but that's still a concern because you do not want to take a player in the top 50 that you may not be able to count on. Right. Cause then that's a waste of a pick. Look what happened with Devin Smith, right? Devin Smith. I loved him as a pick for the jets, but the concerns with the limited route tree that you saw in Ohio State, and then he had a ton of injuries here. Just never could never could get healthy. Joe, what do you think of AR AR Tony? What do you think? AR Tony. AR Tony. What do you think? That's what I'm. That's what I'm calling them. What do you think? That's of classic, him? right there. <laughs> um, listen, Tony's great. He's got tremendous athletic ability. His change of direction is elite. He's got yak for days. The one thing that I noticed is that the 49ers, when they were looking at Brandon Ayuk, they love these guys who, again, we know this, that have yak. And Brandon Ayuk is really special on these slant routes. You could throw him the slant and he could, boom, take it to the house. And Tony is very similar to that in that regard. He has this release um, on slants where he plants this like pressure step to the outside as he moves inside. It's so nasty. It is so filthy. And then he has that home run ability to take it to the house. So I think he's a really good fit for this offense. But I do agree with the guys that it might take him some time to kind of develop. I think if the Jets do end up drafting him, I think that some people might start to question the pick initially. I think it'll take him a couple of years before he really puts it all together. He needs to work on his route running and things of that nature, but he will show some flashes where you're like, wow, this guy is great. But again, I'd have to say that definitely agree with the guys that it will take him a lot longer than people expect. But I think he does have that kind of pro bowl potential. So wouldn't hate to pick if they made it, but yeah, Tony's cool, man. I'm into it. What's what's too high for you, Joe? What's too too high a slot to take Kadarius Tony? Because I've seen him mocked anywhere from the Chiefs at 31, which I'll be honest, him and Tariq Hill on the field at the same time. That's a little scary. Um, I've also seen him mocked as low as the Ravens pick in the second in the in the second round. I've seen him go that low, which I would like that for Lamar Jackson. What's too high for him, you think, in terms of value? You know, I can understand if they took him in the second round. Yeah. It's not something I would do. There are a lot of wide receivers that I like more than him. I love Elijah Moore. I have Elijah Moore ranked ahead of him. I have Rashad Bateman ranked ahead of him. I have Terrace Marshall ranked ahead of him. So, you know, he's not the player I would choose, but I don't think it's egregious that if he went 34, it's not something I'd be like, oh, what are they doing? I think he does. Like I said, I think he has the potential. 
Yeah, I think where I where I get crazy is if they take Daz Newsom at 34. And I like Daz Newsom, but if they take him at 34, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. All right, let's before we go to before we go to Meigs's rapid fires for round for round five, I'm gonna give you guys, we're gonna do a little word association for round four. I'm gonna name a receiver. You're gonna give me one word to describe him, okay? Joe, we'll start with you since you just answered this question. Jamar Chase. Beast. <laughs> In case you didn't catch that, there was a deep sigh before the beast. That's the that's the that's the He's a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> Meeks, I'll go to you now. Devontae Smith. Silky. Silky. Silky Ooh, smooth. Not to be confused like with Bruno Mars. <laughs> James, Jalen Waddle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline really fast you can use two that's all good really fast <laughs> works joe i'll come back to you terrence marshall jr terrence marshall um electric meigs i'm going to you with one of your favorites to do at well tiny tiny <laughs> just so you guys know my daughter's nickname is tutu and every time i see tutu at well's name flash up, i think i'm like what is the deal here bro like stop taking my daughter's nickname it bothers me james one of our favorite guys, Rashad Bateman. Wide receiver one. Woo! Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, really WR1. Oh, bold. <laughs> they I don't call him Fuego Takes. They don't call him Fuego for nothing. <laughs> Meeks, I'm going to go to you. Rondale Moore. Wild card. Wild card. All right. Joe, last one. Sage Surratt. Physical. Physical. Stiff. Stiff and physical. We'll go one more. James, Elijah Moore. Underrated. Underrated. Elijah Moore is my wide receiver five, guys. He is he is in my top five of wide receivers. He is my wide receiver five. I'd call him a Spider-Man would be my one word. Spider-Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start calling him more Morales, like Miles Morales. I'm gonna start calling him that. (laughs) I like Uh, it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Meeks, let's go to you for round five in your rapid fire. Okay, so I got some rapid fire segments for this to get today, and I got some questions for each and one of you. Joe, for this offense, would you rather have Terrence Marshall or Elijah Moore? Ooh, Elijah Moore. Love Elijah. I love Terrence Marshall too. I think that when you talk about this positionless offense, he kind of fits that. He could play inside and out. But I'm such a huge fan of Elijah Moore. That change of direction is ridiculous. I mean, he's got that home run speed. Again, I call him Spider-Man because he has spider webs for hands. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. DA, as prospects, KJ Hamler or Kadarius Tony? KJ Hamler, hands down. Hamler. Yeah, I think I think so with like I mentioned with Tony. I don't I don't with Hamler, I didn't have the concerns that I have with Tony. I think Hamler, and and I think a lot, and this happens with a lot of folks in, in draft stuff. We forget that who they were as prospects isn't who the isn't who they are right now, right in year one. So you saw him in year one in Michael Meigs' favorite quarterback, Drew Locke's offense, right? Um I, if, if they were both in the same class, I'm taking Hamler. I think Hamler is a more complete receiver. And I think he gives you more as an offensive weapon. I just think you got to get him away from Drew Locke. Drew Locke is not a good quarterback right now. So I would go Hamler. James, would you rather take Rondell Moore at 34 or Tylen Wallace at 66? 
That's a really tough question. Oh man, I feel like I'm choosing between kids right now. I know. I know um, these are your guys. Sophie's <laughs> choice for James. Who's your favorite child, James? I okay. I think I would choose more, even though I love Thailand, because more if he didn't have injury problems. I know that's a big if. He would probably be a top ten pick, and you don't find that type of talent at pick thirty four very often. Joe. As a true ex going forward for the next five years, would you rather have C.D. Lamb or Rashad Bateman? Oh, as a true ex. Wow, that's a great question. I'm going C.D. Lamb. As much as I love Bateman, I love his potential. And I know Lamb's been playing a lot in the slot. I think that he's going to, when they move and when they possibly get rid of Gallup and they move him outside, he's going to start to make some serious noise. And I, I just couldn't take Bateman over Lamb as much as I, as much as I love him. Lamb serious question. Play. Is it is it because CD has grills? It's part of it, Neat Meeks. It's definitely part of part of the you know part of why I put him up there. You know, I, I do love the grills, <laughs> but all jokes aside, I just think Lamb is a better player. Yeah, so do I. Da, who is the most pro ready wide receiver in this class? So there's two. There's no, sorry, there's three. It's Chase, it's Waddle, and it's Bateman. Those are the three that on day one will contribute. On day one, it's them three. Did you say Bateman's your wide receiver? Bateman is my wide receiver three. Yes, yes, he is. Bateman is my wide receiver three. Waddle's wide receiver one. Chase is wide receiver two. And Bateman is wide receiver three. For me, as Chase one, Waddle two. And I think Bateman might get three over Devontae Smith, believe it or not. Okay, James, final, final question. Would you rather have... Jamar Chase or Amari Cooper? As players or considering the contracts? As players. Um, I would rather, for the Jets, I would rather have Amari Cooper. For another team, I would rather have yeah, Jamar Chase. The reason is because I don't want to, I know wide receivers translate to the NFL relatively well, but I think with this roster, you got to take the known quantity. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think Cooper is that wide receiver prospect that is going to be as heralded as he was, is going to would be in this class and as the guys who we haven't really seen since this is how special this class is. All right, that's all my questions today, guys. Love all the answers. Yeah, and I think I will say, I think you folks know, I, are... I think I think that I, I'm... Go ahead, Joe, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, off, Dalvin. I think I would have taken Jamar. I just want to put that out there. I think that Jamar is going to be a generational talent at wide receiver. This guy is everything. You want. Not that Cooper is. Cooper is one of the nastiest route runners in the entire NFL. You have to respect that about him. But Jamar, I think Jamar is going to be potentially top five wide receiver in the league. I will say. I Maybe think, the I think, best one day. I will say I think Jamar Chase is going to be everything that folks thought Des Bryant was going to be. I think he's going to be that. I think I think he's got that kind of talent, that kind of ceiling. Um, but I also think I think when you when you factor in Amari Cooper's route running coming in, right? Like Amari Cooper was running routes, like Roddy White was running routes when he was coming in uh, yeah, as a rookie. You know what I mean? And I think that that's James mentioned the translation for wide receivers from college to the NFL. But there and to your point, James, there's so many wide receiver prospects that flamed out. So many. Laquan Treadwell, right, was a baller at Ole Miss and did not has not translated to the NFL at all. Um, so I think I would take Cooper because of the certainty. I think I, th I think with Cooper you knew, but I, I do. Agree with you, Joe. I think I think 
I think Chase is in that class, but I also think Waddle's in that class. And like I was saying, I think Bateman's in that class. So I think those are the three guys in this class that day one will produce. I think, I think that there's not a question in my mind. And to answer your question earlier, Meeks, I would not have taken CeeDee Lamb. That, that's not how I would have taken because I think CeeDee Lamb is, I think he's better in the slot. I don't like him on the outside. He's, he's DeAndre Hopkins 2.0. I heavily disagree. <laughs> It's because of the grills. It's I like the, of the grills. grills. I like I like the grills. I like the grills. So for just basically the amount sign. You're gonna you're no gonna no. And, and up, honestly, you know? if they want to trade us Michael Gallup, James proposed a really good trade in the chat for us to get Michael Gallup, and I'm all for it, right? If we were to get Michael Gallup, pair him with Denzel Mims, I think it could work really well. Michael Gallup has a lot of potential too, which which I think is I think it's still untapped in that offense because CD Lamb is right now is just he's always open. There's not a slot corner in the league that can cover him. There's not a linebacker in the league that can cover him. And getting Dak healthy this year and and having a full season with that offense, I think he's going to fall um for round six i want to I, I want to continue the wide receiver theme if you guys could trade for one wide receiver right now for the jets who would it be meigs i'll start with you aj brown hey, tell me why just him with that running back body in a shanahan offense just breaking tackle after tackle would literally be most the most aesthetically pleasing thing i could watch on sundays AJ Brown, hundred percent. AJ AJ Brown is Brandon Marshall without the mental health stuff, and just like twenty pounds of muscle, twenty more pounds of muscle. Like he's and he runs four four, and he runs a four four, which Brandon Marshall did not do. Which Brandon Marshall did not do. <laughs> Joe, I'll go to you. One wide receiver that you can add for the New York Jets this offseason via trade. This is this is easy for me. Um, it, it will never happen. But Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is. Now, the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. I have no issue saying that. I don't think it's hyperbolic. He is so good. And to see him in this LaFleur offense, mm-hmm. that would be that'd be pretty special. Yeah. I, I, Devontae Adams is, is one where the development of wide receivers, and this, this goes to that Green Bay coaching staff. Edgar Bennett has done an amazing job developing wide receivers because it's not just Adams, right? Like you've seen guys miss games and granted you have Aaron Rodgers, but when Rodgers would miss games and Matt Flynn would have to start or some backup would have to start, the offense would still be throwing for 330 yards with no problem, right? Edgar Bennett has done a really, really good job. And James, this is also before your time, but Edgar Bennett was a really good receiver for the pack, really good uh, running back for the Packers in the nineties. So for him to see him transition into a wide receiver, coach is kind of insane james one receiver that you can acquire for the jets this offseason i'd say michael gallup is a guy that i really like for this offense um another player who i'd love if it weren't for his injury history would be cooper cup because mm-hmm. he has experience in this outside zone bootleg offense but he is always injured uh which is unfortunate so <laughs> i like cooper cup too man cooper cup cooper cup is a guy that when you talk about safety valves for young quarterbacks i firmly believe that jared goff's completion percentage was as high as it was because cooper cup was always open in the middle of the field and that's probably the easiest throw that you can make as a quarterback i'm gonna go big and i'm gonna say julio jones i think julio jones still has like three years of good of really great football left in him um i think that when you look at when you look at AJ Brown, right? When you look at DK Metcalf, you look at these bigger, faster receivers, Julio Jones was the prototype, right? Julio Jones was the guy that came in at that size and just was absolutely mauling dudes. And Matt Ryan owes his MVP award to to Julio Jones. Putting Julio Jones in this offense opposite Denzel Mims, right? Like you're not going to put eight in the box with Julio Jones. You're not going to single him up one-on-one, right? So he still brings that healthy level of respect. And a Justin Fields to Julio Jones bomb on week one 
over some Bills corner that, you know, whoever they want to put on him, I think it would be really, really special. Guys, before I before Denzel learning from Julio. Exactly, exactly, James. Joe, you had a, you had a question. Go ahead. I think a realistic option we should mention is Allen Robinson. Yeah. When you look at the kind of receivers that they're looking for on this in this offense, like what the 49ers look for, guys who are good run after, have run after catch, run good routes, and create separation, that is Allen Robinson to a T. He could play inside and outside. He has some of the nasty, like, hand-foot combinations yeah. in the entire NFL. To get him, potentially, you know, in a trade with Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Jets. And I will, I will dip, I will doff my cap to James on that because James tweeted that this week. Is it just trade Sam for Allen Robinson? That's the easiest trade you'll make, honestly. I think that that is by far the easiest trade you'll make. You're talking about a guy still in his prime, right? And Allen Robinson, who has balled with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback, right? So again, you get you get him in this offense. I also am curious because I started looking at some of the some of the Green Bay Packers offense, right? Because you know, and we've talked about this before, like we don't. We don't necessarily know what kind of offense is going to look like, although James did point out that uh, in, in press conferences, the, the Jets have said it's going to look more like the Shanahan offense. But I am curious if there's principles that they bring in over from Green Bay, because Green Bay used a lot of a lot of big slot formations, right, where they where they moved Adams around. Is Mims going to be looked at to play that role? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Guys, before I let you go, round seven, we are six weeks away from the draft. Free agency starts tomorrow. We should hear start to hear some movement, right? Give me your big, bold prediction for who the first free agency signing for the Jets is when the news breaks. And I, and I will predict that it breaks tomorrow at, four, at 4.30, the first signing. Meigs, I'll start with you. It's not going to be a signing. They're trading pick 23 for Marshawn Lattimore. Bold. 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 Getting the shutdown corner in this offense. Okay. In this defense. James, I'll go to you. Give me your big you're, okay, so to me, since Meeks changed it, give me your big move that gets announced tomorrow for the Jets. All right, well, it's going to be anticlimactic. So it's going to be – the first move is going to be Kendrick Bourne for $4 million. That is anticlimactic. You're right. Joe, I'll I go like Kendrick you. Bourne. I, I mean, I, I, I like him too, but that's not who Jet fans – and you know what will happen, James? That signing will break at 430. At 435, Jet fans will be saying that Joe Douglas needs to be fired. Watch. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Let's uh, who do you, who do you got as your big, your big, bold prediction as the first move for the Jets? Well, I think this one's pretty obvious. I think it's Joe Tooney. They've been, they've been trying to put a ring on it for almost two years now. I think that they finally get it done. And, uh, and we see them at the altar and the marriage is consummated. consummated. And, and just, and just so you guys know, the football marriages are consummated like game of Thrones marriages are just an FYI for those listening. Uh, and as, as the two married men on the, on the pod, Joe and I will tell you, sometimes it takes a couple of years. So it takes a couple of years. Um, I'm going to go big guys. I'm going to go big. I'm going to go big. I think the jets announced that they trade for Deshaun Watson tomorrow at four 30. That is my big prediction. I think it is Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think that there has been, I think that, the, I think that John McClain has been preparing that fan base over the last like week and a half for the fact that realistically he's told your coach, right? He's told your general manager, he's told your owner, he's not playing there. And I do not believe that the Houston Texans are stupid enough to go into free agency without this result. I think that is the move. Um, and we will see next week who was right. But, uh, if we do all four of these moves, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Matt Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, and Joe Tooney. I think, James, I'm telling you right now, if we're not a playoff team next year, I am rioting in Florham Park. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Draft Season. Your moderator, DA, the rest of the, the, rest of the four horsemen, Meeks, Joe, and James. We will see you guys next week.